everybody. Welcome to episode 172 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Adam, and Steph. Do you guys ever feel like, how is it the number episode that we just said? Because it's like, how have we done 172 episodes? You know, it's more than 172 even because of the bonus episodes we've released and, uh, you know, like the Google Plus things that we've done. Craziness. It's actually probably approaching 200, which is insane. Yeah, thanks for sticking around with us. I don't know why you. I don't know why you do, but I <laughs> know it's because we're very entertaining, and everybody loves Taylor Swift. So that is true. Well, if you guys haven't been listening to our episodes, um, just a little bit of catch up. We've been doing these giveaways for the Swift fan book that has been recently released by Simon and Schuster. Um, our host Ashley, she is part of this book. You know, has a great write up in there. The whole book is full of all kinds of crazy stuff, but. We've been giving away 13 books staggered throughout the past few weeks. Uh, Ashley, why don't you give us an update on our giveaway? So these are our next few winners, and thank you so much for participating. So we want to congratulate Brittany, Erica, and Vinny. And you guys were all contacted earlier in the week. Um, Brittany and Erica did our lip sync contest on Twitter, and Vinny entered through our website. And we're very excited to send you guys a copy of the book. And we have several more chances still going throughout the rest of the month. So keep an eye on our Twitter and our Facebook. Yeah, thanks for the submissions. Those were awesome. I love seeing those. Especially Brittany. Hers was so creative. She did like a remix almost of Blank Space. It's always fun to see how creative you guys can get. And I just got my copy of the book. I hadn't actually seen the physical book up until this point, and it's seriously so cool. Like, I couldn't even picture what it was like until I saw it. So how many pages is it? It's almost 300 pages. Wow. I didn't think it would be that many. And so basically it's set up in chronological order from the beginning of Taylor's career up until now, and each section has reprints of these like great articles and interviews that she did at that time. It has photos from her concerts. It has like fan photos and fan stories. It has things like Taylor crossword puzzles and coloring pages. It just has such a variety, and it's really, really great. Yeah, it sounds like it's definitely the most comprehensive book out there about Taylor and something that I'm going to have to get and every Taylor fan should probably get. It's basically like a Taylor encyclopedia. <laughs> like anything you want to reference about her career is in there. So a lot of times on our episodes, we like to talk about other concerts we attended. And I know that Ashley this past week attended a concert and we're going to have her tell us all about that. So Steph and I, separately, but it was the same show, both saw James Bay in concert last week. Oh, I forgot that Steph went too. Cool, so you can both tell us about it. So I saw him in Nashville, and it was at the Ryman, which if you don't know, is one of the most famous historic music venues in Nashville, and I'd never been there before. It was honestly one of the coolest concert experiences I've ever had. Yeah, really, any show at the Ryman is amazing, but having somebody like James there would be unforgettable. So I know it's called the Ryman Auditorium, so what kind of venue is it similar to? Is it more like a theater-type venue as opposed to like a open general admission music venue? What is it kind of like? Yeah, it's more like a theater. It's all assigned seating, but I think it's actually a restored church. It used to be a church many, many years ago. And so the seats are actually church pews. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. I've never gotten to take a full-on tour of it. I know there's so much history there, but I've just heard that it's just like an amazing place that you have to see a concert at least once in your life. And basically there's a lower level and an upper level, and it's all very small. And we were at the very front of the upper level balcony, so there was nobody in front of us, and we had a clear shot of the stage, and it was perfect. Yeah, if you ever do get a chance to tour the Ryman, it's pretty interesting. It really was the original Grand Old Opry, but then I think they were trying to shut everything down and had to save everything, announce the Ryman, and the Grand Old Opry is out closer to the airport in Nashville. And sometimes they have what they call Opry at the Ryman, where it's an Opry show, but they bring it to the Ryman for a limited time. Yeah, it's a really interesting building, and it's even really cool to see all the different posters that they have for different artists over the many, many years. Yeah, because it's not by any means like just a country music venue. Artists of every type play there. Like James Bay. Yeah. And this this is my first time seeing him live. Obviously, his songs on the radio are very good. He has a great voice. He writes his songs. But I had no idea just what an amazingly talented musician he was until I saw him live. I felt the same way. I sort of embarrassingly I guess only know two of his songs and I tried to listen to more before I went to the show which unfortunately was the day of the show but I kind of was able to at least recognize most of the songs that he was playing but even without knowing the songs that well he was just fantastic yeah I agree I was kind of in the same boat and A lot of times, you know, when you don't necessarily know the words to the song, it's it's easy to space out and not be that entertained, but he really kept me engaged the entire time. So is he somewhat like Ed Sheeran? Is that a good comparable? I would say yes, but for me, Ed is always my favorite. He's my second favorite artist probably in the world. I bet you can't guess who's first. (laughs) Hanson. (laughs) Hanson is great but Taylor is my first but um he did sort of remind me of Ed I don't know if it's just because he has an accent I don't think that's the only reason why but some other concert goers said oh it just sounds like Ed because he has an accent but I don't think that's the case it's because he writes his own music he's so talented he plays everything and I don't know I think The vibe of his music kind of reminds me of Ed. Ashley and I were talking about how during some portions of the show, for both of us, the crowd was just singing back to him. And we could picture it as Ed being on stage saying, okay, this side do this, and then (laughs) this side do this, and then the middle you're going to do this. So it did kind of remind me of that part of Ed. Cool. So does he have like a full band and then he plays guitar or is it more just acoustic with just him? Right. That is the difference. He has a full band, whereas Ed does not. And so I do remember Ed said that after Multiply, he was going to have a band. So it will be interesting to see what he does in the future. I really prefer Ed by himself because he's just so great. I think He can stand on his own, and I think that's what makes him really unique. So I'm interested to see what happens. Being at the James Bay show actually reminded me of all of this. I was thinking, 
is this what Ed is going to be like in the future? Yeah, because we're all so accustomed to just Ed and his loot pedal and how awesome that is. I feel like even though James did have a full band, it's not like he was relying on them. I still feel like he was doing very heavy guitar playing the entire time. Absolutely. He was. And so if Ed ever does get rid of the loop and goes with a band, then I think he would do something like that. It's crazy to think of Ed without the loop, though. That's his signature. It really is, yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys had a pretty amazing time. Would you go and see him again? Absolutely. I definitely would. Well, thanks for sharing that, guys. Now we're going to be moving on to our first segment, some of Taylor's older tweets. So the first one that we have for you guys, Taylor tweeted on September 28, 2009, and she tweeted, All three members of Hanson were at my show tonight. Excellent hair, those three. Excellent. Well, this is definitely one of my favorite tweets because, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, Hanson is great. (laughs) (laughs) Which show is this at, by the way? Well, I guess this would have been the Fearless Tour, right? Mm -hmm. 2009, yeah. I think if I'm remembering this correctly, it was in Tulsa. Oh, wow. That's unusual for them to be at, would it? Isn't that where Hanson's from? Right. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, you are correct, Steph. I just looked it up at the BOK Center in Tulsa. Oh. Well, considering she's the number one Hanson fan, I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And our next tweet is from September 30th of 2010. Leaving France, eating crepes, lovely times. I heart Paris. I wonder if she got Nutella ones. You can also get them with just regular protein, meat, cheese, whatever. I wonder, too. They're always amazing. Especially in Paris, yeah. Our next tweet comes from September 28th, 2011. Taylor wrote, Wow, Denver was loud. Amazing crowd. I shall never forget playing ours live for the first time here tonight. Off to the tea party. Wow. So much in that tweet. (laughs) Yeah. Tea party. And ours. Mm -hmm. So this was really near the end of the tour in the United States. Well, the whole tour ended in November in New York. Yeah, I remember being really excited because I had already had my first show at that point of the tour. And when I heard she started playing it, I knew that I would probably get to finally hear it at my next show, which I did. That was right around the time that she released the music video for that, wasn't it? I think so. That is such a great video. That's one of my favorite videos of hers. That's the one with the office setting, right? Yep. Yeah. And Meredith is in that video. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, they're playing with Meredith, like, in the kitchen, right? Mm. Yeah. That was when the fame started going to her head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our next tweet, it comes from October 2nd, 2012. And Taylor tweets, This whole thing where Red is number one on iTunes makes me so happy. I will now use this as an excuse to celebrate by eating more croissants. She's really nailing it lately with the French foods. Croissants, crepes. Yeah, lots of French foods this time of year. (laughs) Well, on October 2nd of 2014, Taylor tweeted, Guys, I'm really excited about this. My first British Vogue cover. And she included an Instagram photo of the cover. And it was really 80s. I love the cover. And I think people realized at this point in time, because of how her hair was styled, People realized that when Taylor was leaving the gym sometimes, her hair was actually styled the same way 
when she did this photo shoot, which was really interesting because we all thought she was always going to the gym. That still makes me say a year from now, are we going to be looking back doing the same thing? It's definitely possible. And our last tweet is from September 30th of 2015. So just about a year ago, Taylor tweeted, live your dreams. And she tagged Haim and Nelly. And this was a video of them performing at the St. Louis show, which I still cannot believe that I missed. Hot in here. That would have been great to see live. I'm still bummed that there was never a full video of it on the Apple Music release or anywhere else. Me too. There probably was one on YouTube for like like a split second. <laughs> yeah, well, one might surface one day, I guess. I hope so. Just keep searching YouTube. <laughs> so that's all we have for you guys for uh, some of Taylor's uh, past tweets. Now we're going to be moving on to our new segment. Adam, you want to kick us off? Sure. Taylor has been seen out and about a little bit in the past week. First, she was seen in New York City out to dinner with Lord Jack Antonoff and Suki Waterhouse. And then she was also seen out with Cara Delevingne. And then later in the week, she made her way to Nashville because she was in a few pictures with fans and these fans were on a hike in Nashville and they ran into her and got some pictures. Pretty cool. Yeah. So what do you guys think about the Lord and the Jack Antonoff? Do you think she's maybe working with them? Lord has been spotted a few times in New York going to her newer rental apartment. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing. I definitely think so. Whether it's a co-write or a collaboration on a song, there's got to be something going on there. I kind of agree. The Taylor Lord collaboration has got to be coming. It's, I think, a few years overdue, honestly. I've been saying it forever. Yeah, you literally have, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. And I would also be thrilled if she's working with Jack again. Absolutely. Well, for our next bit of news, some really cool news. The Taylor Swift experience is now open at the State Fair of Texas. The photos from this look pretty cool. They do look cool. They have all their outfits and all, you know, all kinds of stuff there. Now, the only question is why they put this in Dallas and not in Austin. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> when everybody's going to be in Austin in two weeks. Well, we're just going to have to book our flight to Dallas now. And it looks like sort of an extended version of the Grammy Museum exhibit that I visited in 2015. It looks like there's a lot of the same things, but also a lot of newer things. One thing I've always thought was cool was seeing handwritten lyrics and all the changes that have been made to songs that we now know and all the, the scratch out marks and the cross out marks and the erasers and how a song changed over time from her very first uh, writing draft of it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things too. Anytime those photos are posted online, I like to look at them. And this exhibit includes... Should Have Said No, and Sparks Fly lyrics. And the Sparks Fly lyrics are from the original version. Oh my god. I remember listening to the very first bootleg recording of that that I somehow <laughs> got a hold of. Do you remember how many people were freaking out about that too? And then, of course, everybody was so excited when she confirmed that it would be on Speak Now, and I love the version on Speak Now, but it just isn't quite the same. Yeah, the changes are interesting when you compare the two. I think she, with probably good reason, made it a little bit more kid-friendly. Agreed. 
And also she probably knew that it would be a good opening song for her tour, so she probably had that in mind. I can still picture her rising from the smoke. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yep, I don't think you should wait. I think you should speak now. <laughs> that was probably the best entrance she's ever had at a concert, just by the way. You think so? I think so. What was better? I mean, for me, I guess it, whatever entrance she does, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to lose my mind over it. That's true. <laughs> the curtain was pretty awesome. The curtain was awesome. I even thought Welcome to New York was awesome, too, her coming up on the lift. Yeah, with the sunglasses and all the dancers. And for 1989, just the way they had the graphics in the background where you felt like you were flying through the city was cool. Yes. That was pretty cool. And the dancers had all the newspapers and, like, they were coming up from a subway station. I can picture it so vividly. <laughs> I mean, you did see the show, like, 13 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to think about the detail that she puts into these things. It really is. Even with Fearless, when she comes out in a band uniform. Now I want to watch Journey to Fearless. I want to watch everything back to back tonight. <laughs> Well, speaking of how great Taylor is, Ryan Tedder recently did an interview and he said Taylor is a prodigy. And he said that she is the most talented writer of any artist he has ever worked with. That is some high praise. That's incredible. I was pretty excited about this because I love Ryan Tedder. I think he's a great songwriter. He's done so much stuff that people don't even know about. And... I hope that they work together again in the future. I think that when I first learned that Taylor and Ryan were working together, I was so excited about it. And then when I heard I Know Places, I just thought it was amazing. Such a great song. Our next piece of news is that Taylor's friend Blake Lively recently gave birth and Taylor was spotted visiting her in Manhattan. Does anybody know what she named the baby? I don't think I've heard. I don't know either. I don't didn't see many news stories about it at all. Maybe they're keeping it under wraps for now. Could be. Well, this past week, Joseph Kahn sent out a tweet, which was cool. He said that Blank Space is approaching 2 billion views. That is a crazy number. And that is awesome. I just went and looked, and it is currently the fifth most viewed video on YouTube of all time. And when it does get to 2 billion views, it will become the third most viewed video of all time. So do you know what else is up there? Yes. Like Gangnam Style? Yep, that's number one. Uh, Justin Bieber? Yep, Sorry is currently number four. Oh, Sorry? I thought it would be Baby. Nope, that's a little bit further down, but Sorry is number four. Uh, who else wants to guess? Is Katy Perry on there? Uh, no, she's more down around 12, 13, 14. Oh. Is it, a, is it a music artist? I mean, is it? Yeah, so you got number one, Gangnam Style, and number four, Sorry. And number three was a Grammy-winning song this year. Hmm. A Grammy-winning song this year? Stumped? Yeah, I am. It was Uptown Funk. Oh, oh. okay. All right. Yep, and then number two currently is See You Again, Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. Wow. Wow. Really? That video is number two? Yeah, it has over two billion views right now. Wow. Okay. Hmm. 
It's funny because I've never actually seen that or Uptown Funk. Mm. I mean, See You Again is a good song and everything. The video's nothing to write home about. I don't know why it's number two. Is it based off the movie, the Fast and the Furious actual film? I'm not sure. I don't think I've seen it either. (laughs) I remember something about that Fast and Furious in the the video. Is that why it would be over two billion, though? I don't know. That was a pretty popular movie, I think. But either way, we should try to get Taylor past two billion. I'm sure it will pass it very soon. Well, for our final bit of news today, uh, something actually really interesting. Taylor's campaign as New York City's global tourism ambassador has generated over $40 million, and it's going to be donated to charities. Do we know which charities yet? I think it will be all local charities within New York City. That's crazy, though. $40 million. Yeah, I actually was trying to figure out how it generated that money, how they figure that out. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they look at figures from past tourism and see how much it increased and, I don't know, tax revenue. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Either way, $40 million, that's insane. So that's all we have for uh, the news for the week. Now we are going to be moving on to the fashion segment. On September 27th, Taylor was spotted out and about with Cara Delevingne in New York. And she had on a great outfit. She wore a black dress. It was by James Purse, and it's the Ribbed Cotton Blend Mini Dress. It's $325. And she had on a trench coat over that, which is by Soia and Kayo, which is called the Ornella Drapey Trench in Desert, and that is $300. She carried an Etro Adjustable Strap Satchel, which is $1,423, and she wore her Christian Louboutin Drapicone Pleated Leather Peep Toe Booties, and those were in black, and they are $1,295. I think my favorite thing about it being fall is all the ankle boots that she wears. I always love those. Me too. She looks great in them. And I love when she wears the darker colors and plaid, and I feel like you can always tell when she's transitioned into fall. I was going to say that too, yeah. I mean, not that she doesn't have good taste year-round, but... Fall doesn't start and end based on the weather. Fall starts and ends with Taylor's Taylor. outfit. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I just wear random pieces of summer clothing until it's too cold to wear them anymore. Me too. Yeah, that's about the half of it. But then on September 28th, she was again out and about in New York City, and this time she was wearing a plaid shirt, which was the Rails Dylan shirt in jet white slash ruby, $148. She had Gucci Brixton foldable leather loafers for her shoes, and those are 630 Then she had the Elizabeth and James Cine Crocodile Effect leather shoulder bag, which is $445. I love her in plaid. Me too. And then when Taylor went to Nashville, if you saw the pictures that she took with fans, she was wearing a Victoria's Secret pink perfect zip-up hoodie, and then she was wearing Under Armour Mirror Studio leggings, and those are available for $75. I'm kind of bummed. that That's it for fashion? She's been pretty out of sight recently. Jeez. I didn't even get to mispronounce anything this week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good sign, though. I think that means she's rehearsing. 
or doing something else that could be exciting. Yeah, I'd much rather she was out rehearsing and out of sight. Well, anyway, now we're going to be moving on to our main discussion for the week. So earlier in the episode, we mentioned our giveaways that we have going on. And basically, we've just been doing different activities on Facebook and Twitter that we've been asking you guys to participate in to have a chance to win a copy of the new Simon & Schuster book. So the contest we've been doing on Twitter for about the past week is where we asked you all to tweet us your favorite Taylor memory. And we're going to go through those and pick one person to win a copy of the book. And we got so many great responses that we thought it would be a fun discussion for this week's episode to just go through them, read some of what you guys said, and share them, because they really are great. Yeah, we can reminisce about all these awesome moments. Well, our first one comes from Twitter, at JenFearless13, and she tweeted us her favorite Taylor memory when she came through the audience and hugged everyone during the Fearless tour, in parentheses, including me. That's so awesome. That is pretty awesome. One of the lucky few. I got a high five from Gavin DeGraw at his concert this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty cool. I love when people go through the crowd. I know that Taylor can't do it anymore, but I do miss it. Yeah, definitely. That also makes me want to watch Journey to Fearless now, too. Our next one is from at Nicolee Jones on Twitter, and she tweeted... When Taylor hosted a live stream to announce 1989. Yeah, that was a pretty awesome moment. I mean, Taylor unveiled Shake It Off. A ton of people got to meet Taylor, hold the Grammys. I mean, insane. If only there was another live stream coming up soon. Maybe there is, and we don't know about it. Maybe. The next one is from Macer for Life 2013. Seeing Taylor for the first time in Nashville at the Speak Now, Help Now benefit concert. That's something I'm definitely envious of. I think that would have been really awesome, but I didn't get to go. Me too. It's just so cool if you look back in time to when Taylor was doing that, to she's still the same today, donating to New York, and she's still donating for the Louisiana flood relief. And our next one comes from Long Live Taylor, and they said, when she made five amazing albums that changed my life. I think that is applicable to a lot of people. Well, our next one comes from at Delgado underscore rock on Twitter. And they tweeted, when I went to the Red Tour and I saw her on stage and I was just filled with joy. And our next one is also related to the Red Tour. At Steph Savvy tweeted, my favorite memory had to be my first Taylor concert ever during the Red Tour. And she even got upgraded to pit seats. And really being in the pit during the Red Tour was Really a great experience, I thought. Oh, it was amazing. It was so much more personal. There were two pits, the left and the right. I mean, it was awesome. And more tweets about the Red Tour. This one comes from Red13Taylor1. When I first saw her at the Red Tour, where I was in the second row, it was just unbelievable to see her this close. I can agree with you on that. It is just such a cool experience to see her up close from one of the front rows. And another Red Tour tweet comes from at Ninu House on Twitter. Sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, their favorite memory is when they were in the pit for the Red Tour and the curtain dropped and, quote, I realized Taylor was a real person. She's not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy, though? Like, you know, before you go to your first concert, you finally go to your first concert and you're just like, oh, my God, that's Taylor in front of me. <laughs> yeah. I still do that. Yeah, you still you still get that feeling. 
and we talked about this earlier, but just the way the Red Tour was, her entrance onto the stage was so moving, mm-hmm. I think, for everybody. Because you're just anticipating that curtain. Right. <laughs> drop. And like a Daydream 07 said, my favorite Taylor memory was when I walked into AT&T Stadium for the first concert I ever got to go to of hers and felt the happiest I've ever felt and everything seemed perfect in that moment. It was like I was dreaming. Wow, that's a cool first concert, AT&T Stadium. I know that's a huge place. Yeah, that may have been one of the largest in the United States, at least. And Sweet Muffin 13 wrote that their favorite memory is probably the clean speech from the 1989 World Tour. It was so emotional. I think for a lot of people, even if that isn't their favorite memory, at the very least, it's ranked up there pretty high. Everybody loved that speech. There were so many different versions of it, too. That's true. Mm-hmm. I felt like every night, whether you were at the show or you just saw a clip of the speech, you could always learn something new from it. Well, the next one comes from at Taylor13113 on Twitter, and they simply tweeted, Secret Sessions. Enough said. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely a great moment for fans everywhere. And our tweet from Ludovic underscore MRA wrote, My favorite Taylor memory is when I heard Shake It Off for the first time. I became a Swifty then. That's cool. I wonder how many people felt that way, that that was the moment they became a Swifty. I think a lot. That song was so, just such a great song that everybody loved. doesn't matter how old you are or anything. Everybody loved that song. Everybody was making videos of it. It was such a great single to kick off the 1989 album. And the next one is from underscore brave and wild they said my favorite moment was when taylor pointed and smiled at me at the toronto 1989 tour our next one comes from linda underscore swifty my favorite memory is when i heard our song on the radio for the first time in 2007 and completely fell in love with her it's cool to hear how different people have different songs that they relate to as the first time they became a fan just like the one from before the fan was only about two years old because Shake It Off was their first song that they heard and became a fan from. Yeah, and I think what's cool is that no matter what era you became a Taylor fan, the thing is that her fans just always stick around for her. It's interesting to me just how her fan base has grown progressively over each era. People don't leave because she gives her fans everything that they want which is great music, a great role model, and a great person. Absolutely. And our next one, I can definitely agree with. It's one of my favorite moments. It's from Swiftian20, when she performed All Too Well at the 56th Grammy Awards. That definitely is up there for me, too. That was a legendary performance. Well, our next one is related. Uh, it comes from at Swiftly Styles on Twitter, and her favorite memory is when Taylor sang All Too Well at the 1989 tour. I was so shocked. I'm still shocked. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. Yeah, that was a show that would have been really great to see live. I wonder if we'll ever hear her perform that again. Oh, I hope so. Maybe in a couple weeks. Yeah, maybe. Our next one is from Shining underscore Swifty, who wrote, 
my mom took me to Nashville to see Taylor on my birthday and we made outfits together. That's definitely a good memory. I think a lot of my good memories related to Taylor relate to friends I've made through being a fan. Seeing Taylor's great, but it's not the same if you're not with people who you're having fun with. Yeah, exactly. And the next one is from Fearless Hoovian. She said, my favorite Taylor memory is when she made her vlogs and I look forward to her posting them online. I think we all miss that. And our next one, I like this one. This is from TinyLou underscore 13. And she tweeted, Taylor is always there for us, either with free meet and greets, walking through crowds, social media, or just her lyrics. That's very true. And APW underscore 80 said, best memory, when she received the Pinnacle Award and had no idea how big it was. Also, Taylor and the Stella sisters that night. Which, if you guys don't know, that's Lennon and Maisie Stella from the show Nashville, and it was adorable when they were together. That was a great moment. And the Pinnacle Award was so iconic. Yeah, just seeing all the legendary artists presenting the award to Taylor was really cool. The next one is from Katie Amanda 424 and she wrote how the crowd looked from the back corner of the stadium. And I know exactly what you mean, because with all the bracelets that light up, it is an awesome, awesome view. And our next one is from at Carl Bryan 00 and their favorite memory was the 13-hour meet and greet, and she was so excited about releasing Speak Now, and that was a great moment. It's just so great how Taylor decided to do that for the fans and then even extended it into 14 hours. And the next one is from XXXShareBearXXX on Twitter. My favorite memory was when she sang See You Again with Wiz Khalifa, and I got to experience it. I'm very jealous of her. We were just talking before recording the episode that we wish that song would have been released as a full version on YouTube, kind of like the Mary J. Blige one was, because that was an amazing performance. Even they could have released it as like a song on iTunes. I would have bought it. Absolutely. Me too. Yes. I didn't even really take in how good that performance was until it got put on the 1989 live Apple Music. It always goes around on Twitter. There's always these quotes that say, like, and you say she can't sing. And that's always the clip that they use because it really, her voice was just amazing. Yeah. I know we all joked around that there should be a Grammy just for that little 40 second clip. Well, our final one comes from mbreezy underscore XL on Twitter. And they tweet something very appropriate. How are we supposed to pick just one? You can't. You can't. You truly can't. That is a fitting one to end on. Right. There's just no way to pick one. Really, when you think back over the years of, I mean, just every single era, every single album, every single off-season even, I mean, there's something from all of these that just, you know, everything just combines to make it one big great experience to me. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, thank you to everybody who submitted for this. There were actually a lot more submissions that we did not share with you guys on our episode. Thank you, thank you to everybody. We will be picking a winner this week, um, so just stay tuned, and we'll let you know. So just some reminders for you guys. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes, and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. 
if you guys wanted to contact us, whether to submit for our mini-segments, whether to just chat with us, anything really, you can find us on Twitter at SwiftCast13, on Tumblr, SwiftCast13.tumblr.com, on Instagram, Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13, our Facebook is Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast, you can email us at TheSwiftCast13 at gmail.com, or you can find all of these on our website, SwiftCast13.com. So what do you guys think next week Taylor will do? So as we're recording this, this is Monday night, October 3rd, and tomorrow, Tuesday, October 4th, there's actually a very special concert in Nashville that they just announced today, and it's Tim McGraw and Faith Hill one night only at the Ryman, and I don't know, I just feel like Taylor could show up at it. That would be pretty awesome. She's been in Nashville a lot lately. Either as an audience member or a guest, I just, I really could see her doing it. It's like the 10-year anniversary of Tim McGraw. She's been in Nashville. I don't know. I could see it. Yeah, I could see that too. It'd be really cool if they brought her on stage or something. I'm probably totally wrong, but as soon as I heard about it, I was like, I'm calling it right now. Well, I might have said this on previous episodes. I can't remember. But I'll try it again since it's getting so close in saying that Taylor will tweet something about the Austin show or something along the lines of, you know, excited three weeks until the show. Can't wait to see you guys there or something along those lines because uh, she still really has not acknowledged it ever. She doesn't know. <laughs> she does not know. <laughs> she doesn't know she's going to the show. Nope. I don't know. I hope you're right, Adam, really. I'd like her to acknowledge it at least, you know, sometime soon. <laughs> so we know that she'll be there. <laughs> well, kind of related to that, when I was at the James Bay show, I was, of course, thinking about Ed. And that made me think about how it's been so long since he's had a new album, which made me think about how he released Multiply a long time ago. And the way he did it was in October of 2013, he actually performed a new song when he was at Madison Square Garden wrapping up some shows and he performed Tenerife Sea and he announced it as this new song. I remember that. And like I said, this was back in October of 2013 and then he didn't release his album until June of 2014. And so this is sort of a long story, but I've mentioned on previous episodes how I thought if Taylor wasn't going to keep with her usual schedule, then maybe she would do the Super Bowl and promote an album in conjunction with that. But we recently learned this past week that Lady Gaga is doing the Super Bowl. So that's out the window for me now. But I'm wondering if I'm completely wrong with my prediction of her just performing a whole new album in Texas, which I very well could be wrong. I agree with what Ashley and Adam have said on previous episodes that she'll at least sing a new song. And so I was thinking that could work out well for her, though. She could sing a new song and then do kind of like what Ed did and not release the album until the spring, because I just don't see how she could be releasing an album right after the holidays. It seems like it would really need to be March or April kind of a thing. I don't think it would be a smart move to release right in the first quarter of the new year. How strange would it be if we had a spring release week instead of fall? It would be weird, for sure. 
And with Ed, his wasn't until the summer, but his June release worked out really well for him. Multiply was a huge success. And we know Taylor's sixth album will be a huge success no matter when she releases it. But I was just trying to think, we've talked before about how it's hard to imagine Taylor not promoting an album, but if she just does one song and has all of that anticipation, kind of like Ed did, I think that would work out really well for her. Yeah, because it would break the pattern of one song, album date, tracks got slowly rolled out one by one that we're used to, it would be a totally different thing. Right, with a lot of buildup. People would get really excited. People are already excited, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm eager to find out. That is interesting. I hope it's later, like like you said, kind of like April almost. Because depending on the time of year, we might be outside freezing in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Standing in line waiting for the album. That's very true. Well, that's all we have for you guys this week. Uh, so for episode 172 of SwiftCast, this has been Nate. Ashley. Adam. And Steph. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. See ya. Thanks, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.